Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. We are back with you today with a timely update on developments within the European banking system with my colleagues from the UBS Chief Investment Office in Europe. Joining me for the conversation today, glad to welcome Elena Guglerman, Financials Credit Analyst, as well as Sacha Holderegger, Financials Equity Sector Strategist. Elena, Sacha, welcome to you both. Thank you for spending some time with our listeners as our clients and looking forward to hearing your insights into the ongoing developments within the European banking system. So with that, we'll dive right into it. Alana, beginning with you, I know we have been tracking developments here in the U.S., this surrounding the failure of several mid-sized regional banks. Can you speak a bit to how these developments, how have they carried over and impacted the European banking system? What have you been tracking over the past several days? Sure, Daniel, and good morning, everybody. Well, European banks have been vulnerable to strong corrections, both on the equity and on the credit side, following the negative market sentiment, which was fueled by the Silicon Valley Bank in the U.S. Um, We think that this is a sentiment issue, uh, in that European banks are largely retail-based, hence with sticky deposits and generally balanced assets asset liability management. So GC and nationally relevant banks are well capitalized and joint some liquidity. They have contained exposure to government bonds and extensively use hedges to manage their duration risk. And, and what we can also say is that European banks are subject to strict liquidity standards with an average European uh, coverage ratio of 176%. Thank you, Alana, for that overview. So, Sacha, to welcome you into the conversation, are you seeing any systemic risks within the European banking system at this time? Morning, everybody. Um, look, let me be crystal clear on this very important uh, question. The answer is no, we don't see any systemic risk at this moment. And this is actually news that is all supported by um, all large banks I've talked to here at the, Europe, at the large European Financial Conference in, in Europe. Um, if you look at the replication portfolio of the European banking sector, um, this is actually where the trouble started at the Silicon Valley Bank. The difference is quite striking. So SVB, for example, held a securities portfolio that accounted for more than half of its balance sheet. Well, that number is about slightly more than 10% for the European banks. Um, we see the impact of the unrealized losses from these portfolios, obviously suffering from the very tight we've seen uh, recently um, at European banks, as clearly limited. On top of banks here in Europe, they sit on uh, ample liquidity, which should actually allow them also to deal with deposit outflows. And I think what is quite important to mention then as well is that contrary to some, so the U.S. system here in Europe, every single bank, large and small bank, um, are is regulated in terms of liquidity uh, coverage ratio, what Elena just mentioned before. Um, this is the liquidity banks have to hold um, and in terms of stress and measured against uh, 30 days outflows and that is occurred from Elena. This is a, a significant multiple So getting a bit granular in terms of risks from a credit perspective, can you speak a bit to what the risks and impacts have consisted of thus far? Well, you know, we have seen spread widening on the senior and in particular on the subordinated part of the capital structure. So for this reason, uh, for, for since the start, the beginning of the year, actually, we generally prefer 
the, the higher quality end of the fixed income market because precisely because of the volatility um, which we have seen also rate related and we have a pressure, preference for a high grade and investment grade bonds but you know we also see opportunity uh, in emerging market bonds so important to say is that our exposure to credit is selective and it has always a defensive tilt uh, the defensive fixed income themes that we favor um, so basically position on, on quality credit with relative shorter duration um, and have really performed well. Um, and we also, in, in this current environment, um, we actually recommend investment grade versus high yield, where we actually see that uh, there might be risk linked to a deterioration of the macroeconomic environment. But overall, investors do need to be selective and active in their approach, because we know that the sharp rate hikes by central bank have increased the chances of sudden cracks appearing in the economy, and, uh, and with, definitely with individual company, and the more vulnerable one get it into trouble. And furthermore, also the changes in the relative prices of bonds of different maturities that mark as market price the future path of the Fed policy speak in favor also of quite an active approach. So good quality, selectivity, and an active approach. Well, thank you, Elena, for expanding on those risks and citing some opportunities within the space as well. Uh, Sancho, from an equity perspective, can you speak to risks, but also any guidance around positioning at this time? Well, absolutely. From an equity market perspective, we are neutral on European financials, but we would actually recommend investors with excess exposure to bank equities to uh, diversify their exposure into other sectors. Now, as I outlined before, we don't really see a systemic risk for the, for the sector overall, um, which actually has a stable and diversified deposit franchise, is well capitalized, and it's on ample liquidity. Which is, to mention also again, number, I mean, they have about five trillion of high-quality high liquid assets, 20% balance sheet. Um, but it is clearly helpful. But what is also clear is that the recent development will have an impact, an impact on earnings. Um, but also impact on investor sentiment. So we do expect that cost of equity for the sector will remain elevated for a while. Don't forget, um, investors in the European banking sector basically experienced shock to share prices already now the second time in a relatively short period of time. Now within the sector, we on the equity side, we do prefer the large banks with diversified business models. They not only can actually better weather the storm, but they should also benefit from a flight to quality, so we clearly see a shift actually from deposits from small institutions to larger institutions as a result of the current situation. Well, Sancho, Elena, thank you both for the timely insights and the guidance when it comes to positioning from a credit as well as an equity lens. Before we close out, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways or anything you would like to reinforce for our listeners? I reiterate the, the same view as Sasha. We still are very constructive on European banks, and we also like, but we also uh, prompt uh, investors to be selectivity focused on, on the large, systemically important banks. I know from the equity side, I mean, not to repeat what we just said before, but I think just, be, just to be clear here, banking is all about trust. And I think actually um, what you know, what we've seen also in the central banks um, on both sides of the Atlantic now, uh, putting liquidity backstop into place, I think that's clearly helpful. Um, 
what is also what I also want to highlight here is that the European banking sector basically is entering the situation really in a, from a position of strength, both in, in terms of capital, of liquidity, um, asset quality is extremely strong, as well as profitability. So that that helps the sector really to absorb any any volatility it is facing. But as I said, we are neutral on European banks. I recommend actually to diversify and reduce excess exposure to the sector. Well, Sacha and Elena, thank you both again for your boots-on-the-ground perspective. This remains a very fluid situation, of course, both in Europe as well as the U.S., so we'll definitely keep in touch as this continues to unfold. This story, though, thank you again for joining us on Top of the Morning today for your timely insights into the European banking system. Thank you both again. You're welcome. Have a nice day. You're welcome. Bye. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.